Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Amy Terry, who is a real estate investor, and she is the partner and managing broker of 8Z Real Estate. Amy, how are you doing? Good, how are you? I'm fantastic. Thanks for asking. And we like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you like to do for fun, it'd be great. Sure. So um, as you said, my name is Amy, and I was born and raised in the suburbs of Denver, and I still live in the suburbs of Denver. Um, I do think my job is pretty fun most of the time, Um, but when I'm not working, I do love to travel, and I travel quite a bit, and that's kind of a driver for me. Uh, And then I do live in Colorado, so lots of outdoor stuff, hiking, paddleboarding, and then I also do CrossFit, so I'm in the gym um, several days a week. Okay. Okay. How long have you been doing CrossFit? Gosh, almost 10 years now. So I used to do it a lot more intensely. And then I had a shoulder injury about five years ago. So now I'm not pushing the weight like I used to, but it's still fun to get in there and and compete and see friends and hang out. Yeah. 100%. Well, tell us a bit more about what you do and what your day-to-day looks like. Cause I feel like managing broker is a little bit different from entry-level realtor. Sure, sure. So I wear a lot of hats. Um, So I'm one of the founding members and partner of 8C Real Estate, which is a statewide brokerage. And then I am the managing broker of our Southwest Denver office. So some days I'm I'm working sort of as an owner of the brokerage and, and we're in meetings and making big decisions for the brokerage. Some days I'm working with agents and mentoring them, helping them build their business. Uh, and then I still do have my own client database. So then I'm also just working with clients. Uh, and then on top of that, I am an investor um, and have done a couple development projects. I'm not developing anything currently, uh, but every day is really different, um, which is what I love about real estate. Uh, and, and I get to challenge myself in a lot of different ways. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And do you primarily, do you prefer to list or help people buy? So... I am one of those people that actually really enjoy both. Uh, I think my goal is to be someone's agent for their lifetime and you're gonna buy and sell in your lifetime. And particularly my sphere group right now is a lot of move up buyers. So I'm helping them sell their house and purchase a new one. And trying to do that simultaneously can be really complicated. So we have a lot of really great tools to help that more be more seamless and not have to do a double move. Um, so I really work with both. Uh, I wouldn't. I don't know if I have a preference. I do, I do still really enjoy showing property and helping people find the one that they're really excited about. Um, listing is fun on a different side, especially in Denver the last few years where we've had, you know, 20 offers on a property and you get yeah. to negotiate all of those. So I think there's, there's good and bad about both, but luckily I still really love looking at houses. So I think the buy side is really fun. There we go. There we go. Well, I noticed you said traveling is kind of a motivator for you, but what else gets you up and keeps you going every day? I think really uh, what excites me most about real estate is helping people build wealth and passive income and, and um, some long-term stability. I've been doing, I've been working as an agent full-time now for 18 years. So 
it's cool to see people who bought their first home. Uh, most people, I really try to talk them out of selling their first home when they're ready to upgrade. I think that's the, the easiest way to become an investor is just to keep your primary residence and then move on. Uh, so for me, that's what gets me excited is helping people build wealth and make smart decisions through real estate. My rental properties have given me a lot of freedom and allowed me to jump into projects that I needed capital for that I wouldn't have been able to do just off of my real estate income. So I think that's what's really exciting to me about real estate is watching families create some generational wealth, be able to send their kids to college. Uh, and I particularly like working with people who maybe don't think it's possible or they're intimidated. Um, you know, you see certain families generationally will rent and they just don't think to do anything different. Um, or, you know, the younger you buy, the better. So I'm also like, I'm always pushing people at the gym who are like in their early twenties, like buy as soon as you can. Um, so yeah, I think that's what I, I get most excited about is kind of watching over time what that real estate can do for people and the opportunities that it opens up. Yeah, absolutely. And when you're telling people in their twenties to buy, are you pushing like buying a duplex, triplex, quadplex and house hacking? Or are you pushing the single family residence either, whichever works for them? Yeah, I, I don't think there's a get rich quick with real estate. There just isn't, um, they're smart investing. But really, it's whatever you can afford. You know, I bought my first place at 22, mostly because I just got my real estate license and I felt like a fraud selling if I didn't own anything. You know, and I bought a little crappy short sale condo that my dad helped me fix up. Then I had a friend from college. She moved in and paid rent in the spare bedroom and it just kind of, you know, snowballed from there. So particularly in the Denver area, rents are super high. So it's like if you're paying rent, especially if you have a group of friends that you know, maybe can help you if you're nervous about the mortgage payment that you could have someone move in with you. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying jump. Cause honestly, I think as a, in your early twenties, depending on your income and first time buyer, I don't know that jumping into a duplex triplex makes sense. You know, buy a condo. If you're gonna make a monthly payment you might as well make a mortgage payment instead of rent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, cool. Let's jump into your dreams and goals. Tell us about your vision for your brokerage and your life. Yeah. So the thing that I, I think I'm so proud of with our brokerage is, is part of the reason that we started the company is that we really wanted to raise the level of professionalism in our industry. Unfortunately, and particularly in Colorado, the bar is really low to get into real estate. You have to take a couple classes, you have to pass an exam and a background check, and that's about it. And that's a little bit scary because you're helping people make, for most people, the largest purchase they'll ever make in their life. So we're, we're working to try to make the bar a little higher to get in the industry. And then in our brokerage, we only employ full-time professionals. So, you know, we have some people that are yoga instructors or meditation teachers or, um, you know, martial art instructors that that kind of complements their business, but we don't take anyone that also has another full-time career. We think you really have to be in it day in and day out to be able to advise your clients. And then we're also really passionate about creating the best experience for agents as well as their clients. So one of the things we thought was broken in real estate is that there's no retirement vehicles for real estate agents unless they're investing in real estate themselves. So we have created a partnership program that depending on you know, how much time you spent with the brokerage, how much you have sold with the brokerage, you can become a partner and then you're part of an ESOP. So you get profit sharing with a brokerage once you know, once you retire. And we also have a program called Wealth Builder that is a um, 
investment product that you can invest either a lump sum or a portion of each of your commission. And then one of our agents, he travels nationwide and he researches um, up and coming markets and he's buying portfolios of rental properties. They manage it, all of that stuff. So same thing, we're creating some, some passive income for agents as they retire. So we think that's really important. And then also as far as the clients, we provide everything that we can. We like to kind of think of ourselves as the Nordstrom of, of real estate. And the idea is, you know, on the listing side, you give us your keys and we get everything ready for you. We get the house cleaned and staged and photographed and marketing. And we really try to make it as painless as possible because moving can be extremely stressful. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's kind of the, you know, we're, I don't know that we'll ever branch outside of Colorado. Our, you know, 8Z comes from all the zip codes in Colorado start with the number eight. So we've joked a little bit, Arizona is also that. So we're like, maybe we could branch to Arizona. Um, but yeah, I think we want to build a really strong presence within Colorado. We're kind of a homegrown company uh, and just provide really great service for our clients. Uh, for me personally, as far as goals, um, you know, building my investment portfolio, I'll continue to do that. I have some short-term, long-term commercial, um, and all of that is a nice setup for a comfy retirement. And then one day I'd actually be able to, I haven't worked out the logistics of this yet, but I would love to take a couple of those properties and let people live in them for free for up to a year at a time and kind of, you know, figure out someone that needs to get back on their feet or a situation that, um, you know, they just can't make payments or, or whatever. I think that would be a really cool thing to be able to do once you have some properties that are paid off and, and you're kind of able to pay it forward. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's funny that you say that. <laughs> really? yeah. 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 Really? Because I have that same, like, I love real estate. I really want to dive into real estate syndication as soon as possible with bigger multifamily properties. And yeah. part of what I want to do is um, get it to where I own enough properties and they're paid off to where I can kind of scale that, you know, on like a really, so scale that, um, you know, having a spot where you put people in a program for a year. And so I love real estate because it's a great wealth builder, but I, mm -hmm. a bigger passion than real estate, like real estate is the tool that I'm most passionate about. Sure. My passion that Trump's real estate is really just walking through life with people, helping them get through adversity and helping them become the best version of themselves. And so hence this podcast, living the dream, asking people about their dreams and goals. And so, um, yeah, put people in it for a year and then provide the support and resources as well that will help them, you know, get integrated back into society. And I want to be able to scale that really to, you know, as many people are like chronically homeless or struggling or low income, you know? Yeah. It's, so it's cool that you talk about that. Cause you know, if you have that heart and I have that heart, yeah, who's better than one for yeah. sure. But, uh, exactly. Well, and that's the, I mean, that's the, the root of it, right. Is like how, I mean, I think there's a small percentage of people that are probably really driven by closing that deal and the commission check. But at the end of the day, I feel like that would get really old really quick if you didn't have a bigger kind of vision and that's something too that I want to strive more to help communities that wouldn't normally buy buy. Um, you know, you saw through the pandemic, unfortunately, it's like the rich got richer and the poor got poorer. And home ownership, especially generationally, can dramatically change the trajectory of a family 
Uh, and, you know, I was lucky I was raised in a family that my parents bought and sold a lot of real estate. And I was encouraged at a very young age to buy real estate. And they kind of took the fear out of it. Um, and they also just encouraged me to be a risk taker in general. But you, you do come across people that hear these horror stories about owning real estate and they're terrified to do it. Um, and, you know, there are people that will rent their whole lifetime, which is just kind of a shame. So yeah. that's something I'm, I'm interested in. And, and people that maybe are just intimidated to purchase real estate in general for their primary, but especially investing in real estate. You know, I'm obviously biased, but I think that's the smart, smartest investment you can make. Oh, I think real estate. It's so... I, I was hearing somebody talk about this. He's like the real power of real estate, which is something that, you know, I didn't really think about till he said this was like inflation induced debt destruction of like, you know, you get this loan for a house and you have $300,000 in debt on it. And over the years, over that 20, 30 years, inflation is going to go up and make that dollar weaker, but mm -hmm. your loan is going to stay the same. And so it's, the value of real estate and that leverage and the power of it, just like, uh, it was just really cool when he said that. So. Yeah, there's so many ways to look at it. And that's especially when I think people that are perpetual tenants, that's usually what pushes them over when I'm like, doesn't your rent go up every year? Yep. Like, you know, and I'm like a 30 year mortgage might be scary, but it'll be the same payment for 30 years. Mm -hmm. And the reality is most people don't stay in a property for 30 years, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, there's just, there's so many benefits if you can do it to owning versus not owning. Um, and I, you know, I'm, I work with a financial advisor that I do because he is very encouraging of all the real estate that I own. Um, I've met with others, you know, they're always trying to get you to move into different accounts and, you know, I have a safety net, but he knows and supports because he believes that. I mean, he's a financial advisor and he's like, I still think real estate's the best investment you can make. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the type of financial advisors you need. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. You know, and it's someone he's cool too. He was one of my very first clients. We were both in our early twenties and I was one of his very first clients. And now honestly, I feel like a charity case with the firm that he's built. Like he probably wouldn't take me on as a client these days, but it, it's been cool to watch us both kind of grow this career together. Yeah. Yeah. That's really awesome. Awesome. So we got raise the level of professionalism in the real estate industry through your brokerage. And then you're creating retirement vehicles for agents through profit sharing and then investment vehicles. And being the Nordstrom of real estate for clients, in that you're, is that to say that you're like full service and making the process as seamless and easy for them as possible? 100%. Yep. Love it. And then the other dreaming goal we got is provide housing for people who are struggling for free for a year just to help them get back on their feet once your properties are paid off and you're able to provide that. Yes. Okay. Are there any other dreams or goals that you want to add to that list? I mean, if we want to get into the personal side of it. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I mean, I just turned 40 and I've been grinding and hustling and now it's like, oh my gosh, I'm single. I don't have kids. And I'm in this place of like, I need to make my personal life a priority. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely, I mean, that's a huge part kind of going back to like, it's not about the paychecks. Like it's great to have all these wonderful experiences and vacations and have the means to do these things, but it would be so much better to have, a, you know, somebody to share that with. So that's a shift I'm trying to make, but it also feels like something you can't force. So it's hard for someone who's very goal oriented where it's like anything else. It's like, okay, you take, you know, step A through Z and it'll happen. It's not really the, the case with a spouse. So, um, 
yeah, I mean, that's something that's really important to me is finding, uh, you know, a healthy partnership and, and someone to spend my free time with. Um, but it's, yeah, I think I've been a little too invested in work for too long. And, and it just kind of, like I said, turning 40 kind of snuck up on me and I'm like, what have I been doing for 20 years? Yeah, yeah I gotcha. So finding a spouse. Yeah. Love it. Do you know who Layla Hormozy is? I do not. You don't know Layla Hormozy? This is what I want you to do. Um, After this podcast or whenever you have time in the next week or two, look up Layla Hormozy on the Iced Coffee Hour podcast. Her and Alex Hormozy, they're like a couple. They're really big in business. And there's a segment on there about 15 to 20 minutes. It's like a two and a half hour long podcast. You don't have to listen to the whole podcast, but kind of find the section where they're talking about their origin story and Layla's perspective on dating, I think it might help you. And I would tell you, but I think I'll ruin it. So you have to get it from her mouth. <laughs> okay, perfect. No, I love that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Layla Hormozy, Iced Coffee Hour podcast. I think they might talk about their relationship 30 to 50 minutes in. Um, okay. Like that, but yeah. Yeah, I'll definitely yeah. check it out. Or listen to the whole show because it's a good podcast. But Okay, anyway. yeah. What are the top one to two skills that you need to develop right now to make some of these dreams and goals come to fruition? Um, I don't know. I hate to say like I have got it nailed on the business side of things, but I've, I've got. Sounds like you do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think, you know, starting out, it was like consistency and putting good systems in place and you know, surrounding yourself with the right people and all that sort of stuff. I think, um, you know, shifting gears to the personal side, I probably could work on being more vulnerable. And um, I've learned that I'm a little bit of a control freak. And that's, you know, I think partly in my role. So it's kind of one of those things like shutting that off. And I've also recently kind of gone into this exploration of operating more out of my feminine than working out of my masculine you know we need our masculine energy to like get shit done and uh, be task oriented and make a plan and and I'm learning I've probably been in that too much and I think that's also you know with my past relationships it's interesting I've dated these like really ultra I hate to use the word toxic masculine but like you know a lot of cops and ex-military and yeah. you know the tatted up like but when I really started learning about feminine and masculinity they're like they were the ones in their feminine you were the stable protector provider in the relationship so I'm trying to adjust and, and make space and um, also you know trying to tap into my feminine as a leader I think um, I have really amazing mentors but they are all men and so a lot of what I've done is mimic those leaders Mm -hmm. instead of kind of finding my own voice. I'm diving more into being vulnerable. It's giving them space to be vulnerable and more genuine. And um, I mean, my office is probably a little more touchy feely than most, but it's, you know, but when you work with people every day, I think it's important to know what's going on and, and, like this, I love like talking about what are your dreams and goals? You know, that's the stuff that's exciting. Not, you know, how did you close your last deal? Yep. So, um, yeah, I would say vulnerability, tapping more into my femininity. Um, and 
you know, I keep hearing like, if you want a partner, you got to make space for them. And I'm in this place of like, well, when they show up, I'll make space for them. So it's, <laughs> it's hard to like, find that balance. Uh-huh. How many days do you go on per week? So I'm actually, I've like taken a break. I did the apps and all that stuff. Um, mm. And it was, it was for a while. Cause again, I'm like mission oriented, right? There was a yeah. while I was going on like a lot of first dates. Um, and now like, as of January 1st, I decided to take six months off, just take a step back, stop trying to force it. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of trust what's meant to be, will be. So right now I'm not dating at all. I gotcha. I gotcha. Okay. I respect it. I respect it. <laughs> it's kind of, kind of opposite to hit that goal, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure. But you're also, I, w- I would push you on it a bit more if you weren't such a goal oriented person. I think you really understand the link between action and results. So, you know, I I trust your judgment if you're like, I was doing the dating thing really hard, but it wasn't the right heart behind it. So I need to take a step back and reevaluate. Yeah, I just think I even like looking back on the way I was going about dating was very masculine like I'm all about efficiency so it's like you match with somebody I'd be like where do you want to meet what what are we going to do and instead of like stepping back letting the man take the lead letting him make a plan which makes sense why I was ending up with people that were okay with me taking the lead but that's not what I want you know long term Mm. so what does making space for a partner in your life look like now if it's not dating consistently because you're taking a step back from that what would it look like Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I'm trying to take time for more recreation and, you know, not jam pack my schedule so much with working. Um, and I hate like, it. I don't know, I hate it's like so cliche, like I'm going to date myself, but like taking time to go do things that I enjoy and, and do it with girlfriends. And I don't know, it just for me, it felt like kind of like relieving this pressure valve of like you've got to meet somebody you've got to meet somebody now I'm just like you know I'm just gonna enjoy life have fun and I have you know my mom was the one who made the point that she's like you have this really phenomenal life and you get to take all these great trips she's like I feel like you don't even enjoy it because you're so focused on like the one thing that's missing yeah and and it was a good realization of like yeah I do have a really great life and I need to start appreciating those things and trust that, which is hard for me to just trust something's going to happen, but trust that the right person and situation will show up. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. That's awesome. Have you ever read The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy? I have not. Mm. Decent. I think you're going to give me so many takeaways. <laughs> no, it's a decent book. Um, you honestly don't need to read it because I'm sure you are already employing it in your life. But there was one section of the book that might have been helpful to you here. And I'm curious to know if you've done it or not. Darren Hardy was talking about how he was looking for his wife, looking for his wife, couldn't find her. And then he wrote down exactly the type of person he wanted and his wife like I mean he wrote pages and pages describing who his dream wife was and then he wrote more pages and pages answering the question who do I need to become to bring this person into my life and so I'm curious how clear you are like if you have it written down somewhere if you just have it floating around in your head um, but just your thoughts on that yeah I have I've done very similar practice to that although it's definitely evolved and changed over mm-hmm. time of of what's important to me um 
I mean, boy, I feel like we're just like turned into a therapy session. (laughs) (laughs) I I know when it, when, you know, when they talk about the person that you need to become, because I think it's important to understand that if you're expecting something in a partner, you've got to be able to bring that to the table. So simple things for me is like, you know, someone that health and fitness is important to them. If I was super out of shape and didn't take care of myself, I couldn't expect that from a partner. So there are some things that I've definitely looked at and matched up, but I think for me, and I never, I mean, I'm working on kind of getting to the root of it, but there's some worthiness stuff going on. So it's, I think I've always felt like I can have one or the other, like I can have a successful career or a happy love life, but not both. And so Mm. I'm working through some limiting beliefs there. Um, But yeah, no, I've definitely... And then I, I kind of got away from it because then it's like, well, you don't want to limit too much with this like specific checklist of what you're looking for. And then some people tell me, no, you need to be really specific. So I've always tried to, I don't know, I'd like maybe it's this, my mom also calls it the Cinderella syndrome that she's like, you think that's like, you're just going to know and it's going to be this like perfect situation. Um, so I think I've always tried to rely that like, I'll just know, but I think maybe that's not realistic, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel you. Um, when you, never mind. I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to, now you have to say it. <laughs> I was going to ask you when you think about love, what, what do you think of? Like, is it more of just describe your perspective of love to me? Um, romantic love, you mean? Yeah, like the love you're going to have between your husband one day, what is that love going to look like? How will you know when it is like, this is it, this is the guy? Um. I think for me, I, a big thing is it's, I just want to feel a sense of safety and calm with that person. Um, I've experienced it a few times before and it's, I have this mind that's just like constantly racing but I feel like when I'm with the right person, they're very calming to me and it's, I'm very present and just there. Like I think, and, and, you know, just the, like having someone that's going to have your back and having someone that you guys can push each other. Um, you know, there's that balance of supporting each other and also like kicking them in the ass when they need someone to kick them in the ass. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think, I'm actually, I'm craving a very sort of traditional man of the house type of relationship, which I think a lot of people assume that I'm not looking for because I'm in this like boss position. Yeah. Um, But yeah, when I get home, I don't want to make a ton of decisions and I don't want, I just want to trust that the person I'm with is going to kind of, you know, trust in his decisions for our family. And I don't know, it seems very old school, but it actually sounds very appealing to me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's awesome. I love that. Um, well, cool. Cool, cool, cool. I guess I was just... definitely went a different direction than I thought this was going to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, I, when I hop on the podcast with people, I really try to figure out spaces where I can help them, you know? And yeah, you're so far ahead of me when it comes to like anything <laughs> business or mindset in business or skills in business. Um, but you know, I feel like intimate relationships is something we can always connect with other humans on and just talk about. For sure. And it's different how, I mean, I'm sure you've seen that with people that you work with and friends and family, like 
everybody has the thing that kind of comes easy to them or mm. that they automatically excel at. And then everyone has the thing that they kind of struggle with. And I think for me, work and I've always been an overachiever in finances, that stuff has just flowed. And then relationships have always just been kind of confusing to me, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so the the way you looked at love was really a, you know, traditional kind of man of the house role where you can trust on him, trust him to make decisions, be decisive. You come home, you don't have to like worry about a ton. Um, uh, for me, that sounds a lot like, um, it sounds like character traits, but I, I don't know if like it's love, you know what I mean? Like right. a definition of love. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. I don't know yeah, if it does No, it does. And I think, I think part of that comes from, I know what I don't want, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which, you know, I've been in relationships where there's not any consistency and I feel like I'm their mother or, um, you know, so I guess, yeah. And yeah, to your point, those are character traits. They're not really the emotion behind it, but I think, yeah, I know that's a hard question to answer. How would you answer that question? Yeah, I have a I have a pretty pretty strange answer to the question. Okay. Um, I, and I think it helps because I am a man, so it like um, the the typical role I have in a intimate relationship more leans to this answer, but I just think that like love is just straight up a choice, and so like I I was a firm believer that I could kind of pick anybody and just love them unconditionally. And then we would be like happy. And it's because like, you know, you, you kind of have to like them. You kind of have to vibe with them. You have to have some stuff in common, but you know, I'm 23 right now, about to be 24. And it's like anybody I'm in relationship with right now that I'm going to get married to by the time we're 53, we're going to be completely different people. And the only way that marriage is going to stay together is if I make a consistent choice to love them over the period of that 30 years, despite who they become. And so if that consistent choice to love them, despite who they are, starts now, and I just commit to it, you know, the the action or the choice to love consistently will produce that emotion that is like, you know, the intimacy. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how I look at it. And just because... Um, just a disclaimer, like I'm also Christian. And so I didn't know anything about love until I got into Christianity. And I was like, okay, God chose to love me despite how terrible of a person I was for the first 18 years of my life. And with that firm choice to love, I can take that and choose to love other people. And so, you know, I'll find people, I'll be like, I think that's why arranged marriages have the chance to work out because they work because it's a choice to love. And so that's how I kind of look at it. Yeah. No, I think that's a very mature and accurate way to look at it. And I do think that like when people talk about the success rate of arranged marriages, and I think a lot of it is because of the culture behind it and the way the whole family views it. And, and I do, I think that there are, and I'm, I think I'm definitely part of the problem, but there is one, so many choices 
So I think everyone's always like, is the grass greener? Mm-hmm. This is great, but could I do better? And yeah, I've, I've seen both sides of it. I've seen people go to hell and back together and I've seen people that just bail. And, and I think I'm a little skewed because my parents have been together over 45 years and they're just absolutely crazy about each other. So I kind of had this unrealistic, but at the same time, like a lot of my friends have gone to them for advice because they're one of the few couples that are still together and actually still really love each other. But my mom said is that it's, it is, it's a choice. And she said, you know, the reality is, is that there was never a time that both of us wanted a divorce. Mm. She's like, there were times I wanted to leave and he held it together. And there were times he wanted to leave and I held it together. So yeah, I know it's not going to be all unicorns and rainbows, but that's a very different and helpful perspective to look at it of like, yeah, you need some base, like you need to have the same values and, and things like that. But then from there it is, you wake up every day and you choose to either nitpick this person or lift them up. Yeah. Yeah. Support them. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's what my mom's kind of getting at when she teases me about this Cinderella syndrome of like, you know, you're waiting for some knight in shining armor to show up and you really just need to like, and I don't know, I've, I've also did, I've done like the whole bad boy thing for so long, yeah. <laughs> which never lasts. Yeah, yeah. Um, so now it's just like, that's partly why I'm taking this break of like reevaluating what's really important to me. Um, and I think part of that is picking someone that you know it's not going to work is self-preservation. You know, you, if you know it's not going to work, you're not going to be disappointed, which is also like never going to get you to your goal either. Yeah. Which kind of brings us back to that struggling with vulnerability. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I think there's a part, like I've, I've just recently, you know, dove into a lot of these things. And I think part of it is I'm a little bit fearful that getting into a really serious, you know, partnership and marriage that I may have to shrink myself and my goals for that person. And I don't think that that's true if it's the right person, but it's a fear for sure. Yeah, I feel you. That's a valid fear because you're doing a lot better than the majority of, you know, people in general. I mean, it's been like, I give credit to them. I've had a few men be honest, you know, a few months in that they're like, I can't, I can't be with someone that's this much more successful. Yeah. Like. And I appreciate that they can be honest and recognize that, um, but it sucks because it doesn't, you know, I don't want to support somebody, but I don't necessarily care what you're bringing into the household as long as you're passionate about what you do and, and you're enjoying life and you're not, you know, just like a freeloader or something. But, uh-huh. but I also, I get that if that's sort of something that they're uncomfortable with, I'd rather know earlier than later. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. What do you think those values that you need to have in common are for you? Gosh. Um, I mean, integrity is huge. Mm-hmm. You know, do what you say you're going to do. Obviously, honesty is something that I think once that's broken is really, really hard uh, to get back. Um you know, monogamy and loyalty. There's, you know, being on dating apps at my age, like I have seen it all and (laughs) been contacted by lots of couples. And that's just not something that I'm, (laughs) that I'm (laughs) ever going to be interested in. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, I mean, nothing crazy. I think just the basic, what you would expect. I think one of the most important values in my life is passion though. Like I need to be passionate about something that I'm doing. I need to be passionate about the person that I'm with. Uh, and I need that person to have some passion about something. Um, and it doesn't have to be the same thing. And actually I kind of enjoy it when someone's passionate about something totally different. Cause I love to learn about something else that I wouldn't, you know, be involved in. Um, yeah, I think just kind of the basics that people would want in a relationship. But I guess it's not, you know, my sister teases me that she's like, you're exhausting. And I've also had an ex tell me that too. Like if you're, some people just want to kind of cruise through life and, and have a very simple life. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> but I guess, so I guess I would need to be with someone that's willing to like go for the ride, you know, like let's take risks. Let's push ourselves. Let's see what we can do. And I get that some people don't, they want to kind of live in their comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, cool. Cool. Last like off question I have, and then we'll go back to the kind of regular <laughs> script. Um, what is something you could do today to put yourself in an uncomfortable level of vulnerability with some people around you? Or is there something? I don't know. I mean, honestly, this is kind of uncomfortable. Fair. <laughs> I mean, this, I, like, I think it's great. And I got on here with, you know, not knowing what to expect, but I was super nervous. Like I'm, you know, new to this podcasting and, um, but it also was kind of exciting because it's, it's been a long time since something, you know, work-wise has made me nervous. Um, but yeah, this is, I definitely didn't expect to talk about my personal life. Um, but to your point, that's really where the struggle is right now. So I think it's, you know, it's good that that's where we went, but um, I don't know. I can't think of something off the top of my head that would kind of put myself out there. Totally fine. Totally fine. If you think about it later in the podcast, feel free to loop back around and be like, hey, I got that thought now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> awesome. Well, I don't know how relevant these next questions are going to be for you. So I'm just going to ask them. Maybe we'll go through them quickly. Maybe we'll come across something that is helpful, but what are the highest sure. impact daily actions that are going to tick the needle forward towards your dreams and goals? I mean, I think, so on the, on the business side, I could give you a whole list of things that I, you know, do daily that I think are super important and, and super consistent on the personal side. Um, I think it's, I think continuing to be clear on what it is that I want and, and um, really being aware of, I think it was easy for me in the past to just focus on what I was good at and trust or hope that the other stuff would fall into place. Um, so now I think I need to be more on purpose of is this activity or is whatever I'm doing today supporting my dreams and goals, you know, is, is this helping me or is this hurting me? Am I heading in the right direction or am I repeating the same things I've always done before? Um, I think that is, that would be a shift for me. Like I said, a lot of the, the work stuff is kind of autopilot for me of, of what I need to be doing on a daily basis. But if I do want to shift what my daily life looks like, I think I need to shift my activities and be aware of, you know, is this pushing me in the right direction? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And what character trait do you most need to develop right now to make your dream life come true? 
yeah, I mean, I think vulnerability, which we've touched on. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, for me, I'm really working on embracing my femininity, which learning, again, it's not about like wearing makeup or heels or it's like actually being present. It's receiving has actually been really hard for me. I think I'm a, a doer and a giver, but the feminine is all about receiving. So learning to receive and um, even just compliments. I have a, a girlfriend that teases me and she's like, quit giving my compliments back. Cause she'll like say something nice and then I feel the need to like, yeah, yeah. so just say thank you. Um, so yeah, I think, I think working on receiving and actually I really do believe the more I, you know, embrace my femininity, it will even accelerate my work more because there is, there's something very powerful about attracting and receiving versus making it happen. Yeah. 100%. Why do you think you struggle with receiving? Cause I feel like, especially with the success you've had, you have to be able to do it to an extent. And so where do you think the cap is for you? So I'm learning that my success has been more based around trying to prove my worth. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there, I think there is a cap in, in what I can receive, but I also think that once you hit your cap of what you think you're worthy of, nothing else is going to come. So I'm trying to work on on that and um knowing that I'm worthy just because I am yep. like not constantly trying to prove like I, I it's like I said it's stuff that was under the surface for a long time but now I'm realizing like I pushed so hard to try to prove that I was worthy and I you know deserve to be here yeah yeah 100 percent all right, this one I feel like has an obvious answer. So maybe you give two people. If there were one okay. or two people you could meet right now, and this could be a specific person or a type of person, and they'd really help okay. you take that next step towards your dreams and goals, <laughs> who would they be and how would they do it? Yeah, I mean, if I could say my husband, that would be fantastic. Yep. <laughs> and and just hope that I recognize, you know, the right situation. See, now you're you're playing with my head because I've I don't necessarily believe in soulmates. But I've never thought the way that you did of like, I could pretty much pick anybody and make this work. Do you really feel that way though? Like, but don't you think that there's people, certain people that you could be like way happier with? Uh, This is, so this is when I get, I get a little extreme in my point of view. I think it is very logical and it is almost basically common sense to believe that there are people that you can be happy with. And there might be some truth to that, based on your viewpoint of the world. But I think relationships are more built to be 100-0, where you're literally giving 100%, expecting to receive zero, but also trusting that they will give 100% to you. And it's a Mm -hmm. weird dynamic of like, you don't expect anything. And so you'd be happy just giving 100% for the extent of the marriage and then not receiving anything back. And I, the way I like, ground the extremity in my head is like, you know, Jesus went to the cross knowing people were going to spit on his face. And so I use that anchor for like, well, if he did that and that in the sight of that unconditional love, it's hard for people to say no. So if I could unconditionally love somebody for 60 years, there's no way they're not a better person at the end of that because of it. 
And so it's like, you know, when you're 25 and you, you run into a toxic guy, he's toxic for a reason. You know, there have been certain inputs that have led to certain outputs. Well, if the only input or the majority of the inputs from the most important relationship in their life is unconditional love, I firmly believe you're going to have undue amounts of influence over that person and they're going to end up being compatible with you anyway, just because they're going to change over time. And so it's like, can you delay that gratification for 10 years and only give them unconditional love? You know, then on year 11, when they start pouring it back, you finally start to get that reciprocal nature that you weren't even expecting Mm -hmm. because you went into it with the idea to only unconditionally love them. So that's why I think I can make it work with anybody because I firmly believe that in the face of unconditional love, there's no way you don't become a better person. And if I can choose to do that, like that's 100% on me, mm-hmm. you know, our relationship will work. So it's just like, it's, it's such a refreshing way to look at it versus like, I'm even just thinking about Instagram. It's always like, if you don't add to my life, if you don't, you know, it's so negative about it, particularly towards women. I mean, not towards women, like encouraging women to be like, you know, if he's not adding to your life, show him the door type of attitude. Um, so it is a different, it's a different perspective for sure. And I think helpful. Yeah. And it does, cause I think I've also always, I don't believe that there's one person, but I've also felt the fear of, Oh, what if I choose the wrong person? Because I don't take marriage lightly. You know, it's like, yeah, you shouldn't once you're in it, you're in it. And that's also like, I've always hoped I would just know but it's different when you put it that way of like, there's not one person it's you choose to make this work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My, um, she's my wife now, but she was my fiance and she was struggling with the idea of getting married to me because she was like, well, if there's someone better, you know, I'm really entrepreneurial. So I want to take risks. I'm like, we can take risks. We can take the leverage. Like, let's do it. And she's very conservative. Like, let's just save our money. Let's just pay off that slowly. And like, kind of live a more comfortable life mm-hmm. it isn't so stress inducing and um you know she was like what if that's not good for me what if that's not whatever it may be and I was like would harp on the fact that love is a choice but I'd also harp on the fact that right now in this moment like I am objectively the best partner for you like we've been together for three years you're happy in the relationship like there is nobody better on the planet right now than me And that will only continue to compound as we continue to choose to love each other. And so it is a really cool concept of, you know, you don't want to get somebody who is a narcissist and only a taker because as cool as that concept of unconditional love is, we're human, right? And so if we have people continually taking from us, it's going to, it's going to drain us. And then we're not going to be in a state where we can unconditionally love that person. So there needs to be that kind of baseline of like, I'm going to choose to love you. You're going to choose to love me. And we're going to pick up the scraps when one person fails. Um, But outside of that, like, I think it can pretty much be anyone. Well, and I like too the way I look at it is that you guys are a really good balance. Mm -hmm. Cause I'm similar to you. Like I'm all about leverage. Like I, (laughs) (laughs) I, I am all about big risk, big reward and not everybody is, but I think if you've got two people like that together, you might think it'd be awesome, but you might get yourselves in a situation. Like, I think it's good. My dad is kind of, my dad's a little more pessimistic. And like, when I'm jumping, jumping into something, he's always listening. Well, what if this happens? And what if this happens? And what if this happens? 
and it's good to just sometimes have to defend myself because then I have to think through all those things. Yeah. So I think, you know, she might actually be really great for you because it's going to push you to have to really justify this is a good move and this is why. Yeah, I know. I think so too. I think so too, which is, you know, it's one of the beautiful things. Like two years ago, I wouldn't have said that. And we were dating. And I'm like, oh, this is like holding me black, blah, 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 blah. And now we're married and we're moving forward together. And it's like, oh no, it's like hype. And there's some stability here that I've never really had in my life. Cause I was always risking it all to get something. And it's like, you know, it helps ground me and set the stage for more consistency, which is something I was missing in my, mm. um, you know, journey as an entrepreneur. So it is really cool how things you may think would be negative turn out to be positive. So cool stuff. Well, and I love that you guys even had that conversation before. Like, I just, I don't know how many young people have those really good conversations. Cause now I'm like, God, at 40, I'm already thinking about how does he want to spend his retirement? <laughs> <laughs> We're not that far off. <laughs> like, you know, what do you want to do in 15 years? <laughs> Yeah. So it's, it's very, it's very different now than if I'd gotten married in my early twenties, but a lot of my friends did. And yeah, I don't think many of them were having those conversations. So I think you guys are already ahead of yeah. the game. I am not one to pull questions. If you didn't pick that yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. Awesome. So we actually, you mentioned this earlier and we have about eight minutes left, but we have a whole section of our podcast on limiting beliefs and you mentioned that you can't have both a successful career and successful love life as being a limiting belief was that is that your main one or would you say there's another one out there that you're kind of wrestling with um part of me is like do I want to open this whole can of worms um you definitely don't have to the the disclaimer here is that you can pass on any of these questions no, I think it's, I, it's just, it's opening up a whole other conversation. I will just say part of it for me. So I went through a very traumatic experience as a teenager and I carry a lot of survivor's guilt from that. And so it's, I've learned a lot of my pushing and pushing and pushing is like literally to prove that I deserve to be alive. You yeah. know, when, you, when you're in a situation where one person dies and you don't, uh, it plays a lot of tricks in your mind of, you know, why did things happen and justifying things. So I'm working through a lot of that. And it's one of those things you think like you get through it and then you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that's part of it. And I think some of it is, you know, subconsciously maybe denying myself. Like, I think the like I said, the money and success always kind of came easy. So maybe I don't value it as much. Um, but the relationship piece is the piece that you really, really want. And I feel like there's a part of me that's subconsciously sort of denying myself that because I feel like I don't deserve it or I'm not worthy of it. Um, so I think those are the things that I'm really trying to work through right now. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think there's a way, speaking of like vulnerability that, I'm curious, either in your current relationships or in future relationships, is there a way to open yourself up to allow people to love that part of you that is like struggling with the survivor's guilt? Yeah. And I think, you know, I look at some of my past relationships and, um, you know, I mentioned I've I've dated a lot of ex-military. I think part of that is that we can relate to, Mm. you know, we have some of the same PTSD stuff and we have some of the same, you don't have to explain 
you know, what you're going through. Um, but I will say one thing I know in the future I will do is I know that I have sort of a, what are they, I'm just learning about attachment styles. So yeah. anxious attachment styles. And it's this, I think I'm always waiting for the other shoe to fall. So I think I know in the future I will be more open. You know, I think in the past I was like, I would play it cool. I don't care. Just be open. Like, look, I need communication. I need to know where I stand, where this is going. And I think in the past, I always felt like, I mean, part of me is like, I need to grow up and have <laughs> those conversations. And, and if that conversation scares somebody, especially at 40 years old, like you're a waste of my time. So yep. I know going forward, I need to just be more open about the emotions that I'm feeling and what I need from that person. Um, and I think in the past, I was always afraid of being perceived as needy uh, and always wanted to kind of play it cool like I didn't care. And I think that's bitten me in the past. In retrospect, I think there were some really good guys that just walked away because they figured I wasn't interested or, you know, I played too aloof, you know, yeah. instead of just being honest about where I was and what I needed. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think, I think all of us just need to communicate. You know, it's so interesting when you don't know someone's perspective or why they view something the way that they do when you allow people the space to open up and explain why you just have such a deeper connection and a deeper understanding of, and compassion. I mean, there's, I have set beliefs because of my life experiences, just like everybody else. And I think you can respect someone's perspective more when you understand, you know, why they feel that way. Yeah. 100%. No, I, I completely agree. Um, I think there was this one quote about, if you don't like a person, it's because you don't know them well enough. Because there's always some like lovable, redeeming quality of people when you, you know, for some people, it's really deep down there. <laughs> but when you dive yeah, deep yeah. enough, um, you know, you can't help but extend your heart towards them. Well, well, and it's so interesting. I've watched on my team, it happen a couple of times. I have really great culture in my office, which is great. But then on the flip side, sometimes they're really resistant to new people coming in. And I've seen it happen a handful of times where like the, the new person comes in and the person they annoy the most three years down the road, they're like best friends. Yeah. And I see it happen all the time. And it's so funny. I'm like, I don't know what that person's triggering in you, but eventually mm -hmm. you're probably going to be really good friends. Yeah. No, that's a really, really cool observation. I like that a lot. Yeah. Well, if you were to change that limiting belief into an abundant phrase, that really spoke to your heart, what would that phrase be? I think, you know, I really like the idea of like, I am worthy because I am. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's so simple, but I'm, I'm really trying to embody that of, and I think we all are, you know, if I was as hard on other people as I am on myself, you know, it's that like the way I talk to myself sometimes, it's like, you're not the nice person. <laughs> like you wouldn't, yeah. you know, you wouldn't treat anyone else that way. Um, so I really believe that about everybody else. Like you, you are worthy because you are and, and trying to really embody that for myself. Love it. All righty. we got two more questions for you. Okay. First, when the limiting beliefs start to take over, what thoughts or actions do you resort to in order to kind of take back control, focus on abundance? 
Yeah. So when I catch myself sort of tail spinning, I think journaling is really powerful for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and tapping into what am I feeling and why am I feeling this way? And then questioning if that's true. You know, a lot of yep. times it's, I'm feeling shitty because some guy didn't call me and he's not interested. Well, do you know that that's even true? <laughs> yep. Like before you let yourself tailspin, do you even know that that's true? Um, so yeah, I think, I think catching myself and then I, I, you know, I have some really amazing friends in my life that I really, you know, my best friend, we've been, you know, best friends since junior high and we're polar, polar opposites. Um, and so she's always a good sounding board for me of like, am I freaking out for the right reasons or am I being crazy, you know? And we can both kind of talk each other off a ledge. So I think having a good sounding board um, and journaling. And then I also, I have a pretty um, consistent meditation practice, which is is my connection to a higher power and um, kind of consistently trying to heal and, and work with that. Yeah, absolutely. Last question. What is your favorite belief about yourself? Oof. That's a hard question. <laughs> um, and that's a hard. So, I mean, I can name some characteristics. Is that what you're getting at when you say belief? Um, yeah, that could be one. Like, if you believe you are extremely consistent, you know, that could be it. Could be a belief for sure. Yeah. I mean, I believe that I'm, I believe and feel blessed that I, this feels so like braggy, but I feel, I, I know that I'm very intelligent and I know that I'm quick, like I'm a very quick problem solver and I thrive on that. And I think that's partly why I enjoy my career is between mentoring and working with clients and the brokerage, there's a lot of problem solving involved. Um, so I, I, I enjoy that part of me of being able to kind of take something and run with it and figure out the best way to solve that problem. Yeah, there we go. Well, awesome. Amy, that's all we got for you. Okay. Is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off? I don't think so. Like I said, I had no expectations, but this is definitely not the direction <laughs> that I thought it was going to go. <laughs> but this was great. It was a good therapy session. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I hope it helped. That was the goal yeah. of the show. No, it was great. It was great. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on the show. And where can people kind of reach you if they want to chat more or know more about you? Sure. So just old school, you could email me, which is just amyterry at azcom um, Or you can certainly follow me on Instagram, which is amyterry8zrealtor. Uh, and then there is a link tree there that you can um, register to find out about investment seminars. You can work with me as a client. Um, if you're interested in the brokerage, Uh, and working at a different brokerage with a higher level of professionalism. Um, All that information is there. There we go. If you guys are listening to this and you loved what Amy had to say, make sure to check her out. All the links to do so will be down in the show notes. Thank you guys for listening. Amy, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much. Of course, we will see everybody on the next one. And on that note, we're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.